The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 191st episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz, and I am the host of this lovely show, holding on to as much of my voice as I can possibly muster because the 313 was representing uh, last night. Uh, but joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How are you doing? I am great. I am wonderful. I am highly overconfident as usual when it comes to what today is. Today, the NFL schedule was announced, or like oh, I yeah, it was, or I like to call it the yearly list of the victims of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not even going to go with the yearly <laughs> victims thing and all that kind of stuff because <laughs> normally you're in a good situation like that. You're normally like, you know, oh, I understand. I understand. But you don't understand, man. The lion's den is open. And the lions are coming into Arrowhead to start the whole thing off. The league has noticed us. The lions have made noise to be put in prime time to kick off the 2023 NFL season. And what better way than while Travis Kelsey's too busy humping the air, slamming down Lombardi, and Patrick Mahomes coming in with his Kermit the Frog face, and Andy Reid's too busy eating a cheeseburger to notice what's going on, that Dan Campbell and our dogs come out and bite some kneecaps off and shock the world. Okay, let me tell you. One of the legendary matches in wrestling history. I remember two. One is a Monday Monday Night Raw from the old days of Raw, and it was world champion Brett the Hitman Hart against X-Pac. Now, X-Pac is a future Hall of Famer. X-Pac is a young up-and-comer, and they talk about how in that match he gave Bret Hart a run for the money, right? And if you want to go earlier than that, to my youth, it was this guy named uh, Sting, and he wrestled at the Clash of the Champions with Ric Flair. Oh, man, he gave Ric Flair a run for his money. And you know what? I think the lines are a young Sting. The lines are a young X-Pac. They are Full of potential. Potential. But the king of the mountain, the lion tamers, if you will, are the Kansas City Chiefs. We sat up there with the crown. 
So before the young bucks, the kittens come up trying to get up to the table, show me something. Show me. Show me. I'm pro- Kansas I can City, you, brother. Kansas City is from Missouri. And you know what state the Missouri is? The show me state. Show me. Jared Goff showed you in 2018. Jared Goff he showed, showed you exactly. You. Jared Goff beat beat a first year starting Patrick Mahomes in like what? It was like his 10th game as a starter. Not this crafty veteran. Not this icon. He is not. They're not the two-time Super Bowl MVP. Then what was the defense then to let up 54 points? They de- like, we don't even run the same defense anymore. That was a 3-4 Ooh. defense with a trash defense coordinator. Spags has turned that defensive around, flipped it in the last three years. Come on. We dogs. We dogs. And now, and now Jared Goff has an even better offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson who but is you, out here. You know what the problem is? Jared Goff who was thrown away for a bag of chips and Matt Stafford. Yeah. And we all thought this man was going to just be here and just go away. And all of a sudden, he's made Detroit his home. And he stepped up for that starting quarterback position. This man ended up could get in the bag after this season. Yeah. Especially if he ends up doing what we know is going to happen and win the NFC North. Or Jared Goff can continue to be Jared Goff, which is a really, really average quarterback. We'll see! <laughs> Sixth. Sixth in passing yards in the entirety of the 2022 NFL season. Sixth in passing yards. Only seven interceptions. Like, top five in touchdowns. That's that's average? That's yeah. average? Right. What was your record last year? A winning record. Yeah. Uh, and we turned a one-in-six record despite having the most high-flying offense in that time frame, scoring at least about 35 points a game. We went from one and six and we went and beat the Packers to end the NFL season. And we ended with a nine and a record. I'm hearing a lot Other teams. Other teams would die in that situation. You get in that situation and you crumble. Cause you, oh, you're used to winning. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I was about to say, uh, we we don't know how the Chiefs would react in that situation. You because know they wouldn't react well. We, we know what it's like be in the dumps, and you're going to be brought to our level, dog. That's how this shit's going to go. Uh, see, see, see. As uh, This continues for the next few months until the season starts, just so you know, folks. Yes, yeah. Uh, I was like, you know, I understand. You have to. Like, my team was young and up and coming before, you know. Uh, we had Alex Smith at quarterback who, you know, had done something other words and he was trying to re, uh, reinvigorate his career and, you know, and he came in and he basically did for the chiefs what Jared Goff is trying to do for the Lions. And that's great. And that's great. So I've been to where you are and y'all are going to give, y'all going to get fighting. You're going to put up your dukes and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? You can't box God. Hmm. And you know whose line I use there, a little paraphrase. I'm aware. Yeah, <laughs> that was just for you, baby. Yes, your arms are too short to box God. And that is where the Chiefs are right now. We're looking down on the rest of the league like, huh, every team, Lamar Jackson and the uh, Ravens changed their whole offense. You look at uh, the Jets, they went and spent the world on Aaron Rodgers. Look at all the teams making all these changes to be like the Chiefs. And that's so cute. And the Lions, you know what? I tell you, 
for 16 out of 17 games next year, I will be rooting for a Lions. I watched almost every Lions game last year, hoping, hoping for my friend to get a winner. The Lions to win. Barry Sanders, one of my favorite players growing up, was a Lion. Calvin Johnson, one of my favorite players when I got older, was a Lion. And they had the toll in mediocrity for years and years and years. So I hope you get a winner. I want you to feel what I feel when it's your turn. It's not your turn yet. <laughs> what was that? That uh, I'll just leave this with you. That episode one of Hard Knocks, Soothing Light, that'll be at the end of your tunnel. It's just going to be a freight train. Yeah. Hey. Dan Campbell, MCDC, this man is going to come in. You ain't ready for us. You ain't ready for these types of boys. These uh, are not your same old lions. Uh, I'm just letting you know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like. So listen, I don't want no yeah, excuses because yeah. obviously, yeah, if we year. lose. If we lose, that's what people expect. But if we fight, and maybe we come out with the win, all of a sudden, what's your excuse? Last year, y'all were on. Uh, what is it, pro? I think that's what they call the level. And uh, this year, you start on all Madden. We about to see, okay? We about to see where you are because you're not surprising anyone. Y'all had a winning record last year. We're not going to be like, oh, it's just the Lions. No, y'all are a nine and eight team. Y'all are going to be hungry. We're going to do the one thing the Lions don't want us to do. We're going to take you seriously. Oh, you don't want us when we take you seriously. Mm-hmm. We took Philly seriously. We took San Francisco seriously. We take the AFC West seriously. You know what we did? We done to all those teams? Dominated them. Did you take the Colts seriously? No, we didn't. That was the problem. <laughs> we didn't take the Colts seriously. We didn't. They're literally their starting linebacker and and uh, the running back didn't even play in the game. We didn't take them seriously. And we came in. We came in with our hands down, and we were dancing around like Anderson Silva and got knocked out like Chris Weidman did Anderson Silva. That's what happened in that game. But guess what? That's not going to happen against the Lions. We put the Lions up there, and they're like, Man, these young Lions, they're coming. They're coming. Because everybody's going to be picking you to win the NFC North. Everybody's going to be picking you to make a playoff run. Y'all are going to be the hot team for people to pick to be great. So guess who's going to come in with more expectations? See, the Chiefs are used to those expectations. It's Super Bowl or bust every year. Lions, are y'all used to those expectations? Are y'all used to that weight? Can you carry it? Oh, that makes the climb up that hill a little bit longer. That big old backpack that's on you. We'll I see. I think we made sure that uh, we showed we can carry that weight Sunday night football against the Packers in Lambeau. So we ain't we ain't worried. We ain't worried. Uh, we no. will see. I am I am I am looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't two days after all, like what is it? Like four days after all, all out. Bro, seriously. Yeah, I would be at that game, but it's four days after all out. I, we can't. Yeah, dude, I can't, it's, it'll be nuts. That's a flip. I can't do. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be exciting. But we'll get off the NFL talk. I just yeah. because that's how the season for the NFL is kicking off. We had to get the shit talk dude, out of the yeah. way because it will. The pot shots will continue until the game is played. So yeah. I'm just letting you know. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I fully expect it. I love it. I love it, and it's like, and after we blow you out, we're still going to be friends, and I'm, uh, I'm just going to be like, 
I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I'm not gonna even talk shit after it. Blow happens. us out, bro. We we went head to head with the Super Bowl appearing Philadelphia Eagles. They only beat us by three points. Oh, they only beat us by three points. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, we beat them by more than that, I believe. Uh, but okay, you know, hey, hey, last year, last year, losing close was acceptable. That was acceptable for the Lions. Losing close was acceptable. 2023 season, it's not acceptable anymore. No, if they go out, honest to God, if they go out and they don't show their ass against the Chiefs and they just fight, that's all I need from them. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah, I've been like, busting out again, double reverses The odds do not favor workers. us at all to win that game. Mm. The odds do not favor us at all to win that game. Yeah. I just want to see us show that like, in big game situations against big teams, this is what these are the teams you have to face to win your division and make the playoffs and win a playoff game. So show you can compete. Yes. We don't expect you to maybe just win. We would like you to, but show you can compete. We competed against the Eagles last year. Unfortunately, y'all are playing the Chiefs in September, and Patrick Mahomes has lost one game in his career in September. One. I'm aware that you haven't <laughs> lost a week one matchup in like eight times. I'm aware. Streaks I mean, are made to be hey, broken. Mahomes if, has never lost one. <laughs> you know, like, I know. Ever. Streaks are made to be broken. Again, Undertaker hadn't lost at Mania. Yeah. And then but, he did. Yeah. To like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like, I'm but, just saying, man. Just just you wait. Just hey, you wait. if y'all are Brock Lesnar, we'll see. I'm looking forward to the running back. I y'all Gibbs. I am actually very excited about him because y'all went so high on him. So unfortunately there's an expectation that goes behind him now. So we're gonna see. But again, you'd said it before, and then I kept talking about it. That's on me, everybody. It was on oh, me. Oh, it's all good, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on we me. Got, we got to talk about football. All, yeah. Let's talk yeah. about the wrestle. We got a lot to talk about, too, of course. I am fresh off of Detroit Rock City, representing for AEW Dynamite, probably one of the biggest lineups that AEW Dynamite has had in quite some time. Literally, Tony Khan, for the past week straight, has been tweeting, it's a pay-per-view on television. And it lived up to that for certain. Um, so obviously you'll get my reactions. We'll probably save my reactions for last for our, our Dynamite review just because I was there. Um, but we can go to Floyd the, to start things off too. I'll just lead it into that. But we can switch it around if we decide to because this is how we do this show. But we are going to get into all of that. But we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review because it really does help about the show. Follow us on Spotify and all those different things to make sure you don't miss an episode. And follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. And don't forget to follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great podcasts that you can listen to at your very leisure and I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. Uh, at Twitter. But the big news of the week right now is something that Tony Khan kind of teased a little bit uh, on this episode of Dynamite that we will mo- probably be getting uh, next week uh, more information. Uh, there's also the big rumor is that AEW has got a brand new TV deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, and the number is big and it just it i mean it makes sense like like warner and 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 uh turner have just been loving the stuff that AEW has been doing and how well the reception has been 
for this brand new wrestling company out of thin air that has done way better than anybody ever expected. So, um, uh, I was, uh, I want to make sure everyone knows this is unconfirmed, unsubstantiated. This is a rumor that came out. The, and this is the, the rumor. Five years, $1.1 to $1.2 billion total deal. Again, rumor, unsubstantiated rumor, uh, that that's what that a lot of people believe is going to be announced at the uh, Warner Brothers upfronts next week. You know, we're not a news page, but, you know, because a lot of people are talking about it, this really has kind of become the news of the week outside of wrestling. I mean, outside of the bill to... Um, double or nothing outside of the ticket sales and all and this was the news over the last couple of days so i really wanted to talk about it and what it could mean um it's a big number uh it is a big number it's it's a big number uh it's uh from what i understand like you don't know how many people have invested since then or whatever this was from a hundred million dollar uh startup you know you know, dad gave a hundred million dollars to say, you know, go do what you do within four years, signing a 1.1 to $1.2 billion deal. So I was talking about it. And the first thing the person I was talking to did was start comparing it to what we're all smack down again. I'm like, pause. Yes. Pause. Seriously. Are we doing this? And I said, pause. I, I, I respect it. Right. But saying, even comparing the two, Right. It's comparing mm-hmm. like sixty minutes to uh like like uh what is it daily uh uh what's it called on uh comedy central daily update or whatever sixty minutes is this institution that has been around forever, right, and you know and the comedy central show is fairly new it's like we're talking about raw raw, which has been around for thirty something years we're talking about. Smackdown, almost 25 years now or at this point. Uh, and you're like, I believe next year it'll be 25 years. So we're talking about these things that have been their brands, their Cokes or Pepsi. I mean, whatever brand you want to pick for WWE as the major, Nike or whatever, that's major. And this is like the startup brand. And mm-hmm. in four years, you took it from this to somehow getting a billion dollar TV deal with you know with the Warner Brothers uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, it's you, we. I would like to focus on how impressive that is. I am not going to compare it to something. There's that no you, point. There's, I'm not going to compare it to something that you should be. It's like comparing the XFL and the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. What success in the XFL is not. You can't compare it to what success is in the NFL. It's not. One's Mm -hmm. a startup. One's substantiated. One's been there. Tying this back actually to to what we were just opening the show with, it's like success for the Lions is not success for the Chiefs. The Chiefs had to win the Super Bowl in order to prove that the last season where everything that happened with the – with them uh, not even making the Super Bowl, losing to the Bengals. Uh, they had to prove that that wasn't the case, and uh, they did. They beat yeah. them in the AFC title game, and they won the thing. That was what their success had to be. Yes. For us, and, and, we and, turned a 1-6 record into a winning record, even though 
we didn't make the playoffs. But that was still success for us. And it sh- and that's how it should have been viewed. Just because we missed the playoffs, all of a sudden it's still a failure? No. That's success. Yeah. And Your situation di- di- dictates that way more than just comparing yourself to what is the top product right now. That's where you eventually want to strive to, sure. Of course. And, and, and if 10, 15 years down the road, you know, we're looking at it and it's like, but this deal is is the is the grand slam this deal is the deal this deal solidifies you as a brand right yes it just solidifies you you aw is a brand they are here to stay you know there is no like oh well let's get into black and all this no they are profitable they are substantial they are here to stay they're gonna go on the road you know, everybody's like, oh, well, they need this video game to be successful to blow up or whatever. You sign a billion dollar deal. You don't need shit else, really. You know, mm-hmm. you all have your pay-per-views. You'll have a, you have said, hey, we're going to be around for five years and you can take bigger shots at this point. I'm not talking about signing free agents, but like you want to take weeks and try to get something new over. Like we've seen over the last six weeks, them really focusing on trying to get Jungle Boy, Darby Allen and Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara over as main eventers. That's what they've been doing over the last few weeks. So, you know, a lot of people haven't necessarily liked the episodes or whatever, but they have been building. And the reason they can build is because they're not desperate anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you can, you can, you can take stars. You can build stars. You can build what you think is going to be your brand for the next 10 years instead of like, oh, okay, well, let's throw Jericho and Mox out there again so we can pop a rating. Because once you get this deal kind of thing, and once you get this deal, you, A, the, we believe in you. We, we expect you to be around. We, we are behind you. Yes, you only got 737000 last week, but we know that number's going to come back up. And it's just like that kind of belief, especially, you know, with the, with the rumored new show, all of that coming out, man, that means nothing for but good for AEW. There is mm-hmm. nothing for good. but And you know what? It's like, and they're establishing their own days, right? Wednesday is their mm-hmm. day. There's no WWE Owens. They're not heading up against WWE. Collision is uh, from uh, is going to be on Saturday at their two-hour show. WWE does their pay-per-views on Saturday, but for the most part, it's going to be their own show on Saturday. Uh, you know, when you look at Rampage, it always comes out pretty much after SmackDown for the most part, unless uh, the TV schedule dictates differently. So it's just like there's so many good things for this. I am not going to take away from the good by comparing it to something else that it shouldn't even be compared to. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this isn't the same competition as uh, WWE and WCW. Because it's literally, like we've said this constantly in this regard. AEW has smartly, smartly set themselves up as an alternative not trying to run the other company out of business. They're just trying to do their thing and do it great and provide an alternative for fans that aren't a fan of what's happening on the other show. The WWE, and if that forces the other company to be better, then there you go. Then that's competition too. But they're not going time slot to time slot. It's it's smart. 
Yeah, and what I've noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this, but like my circle of friends uh, have largely checked out of the WWE versus AEW debate. They just don't tweet about it anymore. It's, it's again, old. it's it's, it's pointless at this point. It's, it's just it's tired. Yeah, it's like what what are we doing here? What are we doing? It's 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 uh, it's nothing. It, it's not a it's not an argument anymore. It's like it's not. You like one, you don't like the other. If you do, if you like WWE, you're gonna find everything wrong that you can with AEW. If you like AEW, you're gonna find everything you're wrong with the WWE. And the problem thing is, it, it's you just go in circles. You know what I mean? You're like, well, everybody likes this match, or everybody hates this match. And what I've learned as I've gotten old, older, you know, I'm not older, but I always say I am. <laughs> but uh, as I've gotten older, is that no matter what you think you like and what you think is amazing, there's going to be somewhere out there that thinks it's shitty. Absolutely. I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Amazing. I, again, I, 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 I said I cried three or four times. And I was like, I need to go see it again because right now it's one. It's might be my, my favorite Marvel movie of all time. I thought it was that good, right? But mm-hmm. rewatchability is very important in what I find is the greatest, right? So right. I tell in JR, I'm like, dude, you're gonna cry. You're gonna tear your tie your eyes out. It's gonna be so emotional. I, and again, I always tell myself not to do this, but I did it. I built it up. And I cause I knew everyone loves this movie. It's gonna deliver. JR went to see it and he was like, it was all right. The only thing that kind of made me sad is the animal stuff. And I'm trying not to I'm trying to definitely not do a spoiler, any uh, spoiler-free yes. uh, review. There was a little yeah. bit of stuff in the trailer, so I I, I won't call that spoily. So yeah, yeah. Like, so. But he said, that's the only thing. And I was just like, are you serious? I'm like, are JR's you made of stone? As I say, are you... He's not here. Yeah, as I say, are you made of stone? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, there was like, I was like, I was pointing him out to a part, and I was like, oh God, yeah, I was bawling on that part. And he was like, I mean, it was fine. I was like, oh, God, I hate you so much. <laughs> nah, I like, I love you, but I hate you. I was like, dude, you have no heart. You have no anything. And yeah, so no, it's, uh, it's, but again, this was something I saw. I consider my movie taste at least to be above average. It's, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not an artsy movie person. You can that, go to Rotten yeah. Tomatoes and find people shitting on whatever movie you like, yes. even if uh, it's untouchable. Yes. Like, that's the thing. It's the case. Like I, I know wrestling fans who hate things that is almost universally beloved. Yeah. So like. Yeah. I mean, I, I promise you. I, I like. Far, there is no sacred cow. There is I, no sacred cow. I, Someone I, will hate the thing that you like, and yes. that's just it's, it's yeah. whatever. At the yeah. Time. I told but, someone told me Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada from Dominion when Kenny finally beat him. I was like, that's the greatest match. And when I watched it, I was like, that might be the greatest match wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm talking about a physical storytelling, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. I had a person jump on my uh, Facebook group, said it was like complete dog shit. And I was just like, and I was hurt. <clears throat> and then I was a little younger when this happened, you know, just a little younger. And I was hurt. And then I realized some people you just say, hey, you have shitty taste and move on. Pretty much. That's, that's <laughs> but, but like I said, these reported rumored. Ooh numbers for this new tv deal with warner brothers discovery is outstanding if proven yeah. to be true if the official word comes out on it like i said the unconfirmed number is 
five years, one point one to one point two billion dollars. Uh, unconfirmed, unconfirmed, and all that situation. We it's only rumored, but if that's the case, and we lead into the third show, poss- being the soon to be hopefully announced collision by next week. Uh, yeah, shit is just going to be outrageously nuts. But dude, it's it's it's. Another another level that it puts AEW on. Absolutely, Cody's use the Cody turn undesirable to undeniable kind of thing. It's just like this makes them undeniable. This makes them a brand. This tells everyone to shut up. I I I you know, you know when I was AEW was coming up and I was a little more like oh protective of them. I'm like that's where Stay Vigilant came from. Uh, I was uh, a little more protective of AEW and people would come at me and I I'd, I'd save those DMs. You know, oh, they'll be out of business in five years. Oh, they're a t-shirt company. Oh, oh, oh yeah. they, they, they did double. They did double nothing. They sold out double nothing and all out. Yep, that's the peak. It's never going to get better than that. And I, I, I saved them because, you know, I was defensive. And now it's like we got this thing and I'm waiting for it to be announced. And I'm like... I am the proclivity. I am, you know, on this show, we are the proclivity for positivity, right? But it's like to be petty or to not be petty. <laughs> that is that the is question. question. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's just going to be, like I said, we're just, we, we hold receipts, but, you know, nobody's got to say nothing. We just we like, glance you up and down and be like, you know what you said. I'm just going to say, if they jump on saying the number's not high enough, or blah blah blah. I I feel like I am going to let them now. I'm going to let them trigger the pettiness. Right. If they are being petty, then I'm going to be pettier. <laughs> but until then, proclivity of positivity. Let's focus on the good. This is absolutely. A, I mean, this is a great rumor. This is a great rumor, uh, and it's just so funny because people have tried to get quotes of whether you know. It was a rumor and it was going to happen. People have tried to get quotes and they're getting nothing. So this is what it, this is what that tells me. This is what I'm extrapolating from the lack of information. If the number was substantially lower, I feel everyone would try to kill it. Because they didn't want, they wouldn't want people to be disappointed the next week, right? The fact that they're not saying anything makes you think it's at least this number. Again, right. that's just me saying this is what's not being said. Because to me, if I'm like, if I signed a $550 million deal and people are announcing billion dollar deal, well, this huge announcement is going to just come out as, you know, nothing. It's going to come out as disappointment and people are going to focus on everything. But if, if, so you, I would come out and say, okay, <clears throat> that's not the number, right? That is absolutely not the sure, number. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But if, it is the number or if it's close to the number or whatever, you just shut up. You just wait for it to be announced. And I think by not saying anything, they have said everything. Yeah. So there, that's how I see it. I could be completely wrong. I know nothing. I have no business major. I have never even seen a billion dollars. Uh, yeah, I I don't even think I've had a billion dollars in monopoly money. So, uh, no, I don't know, but this is just me just kind of hey these this piece this piece this piece okay this piece is missing this means this yeah so but moving off from uh that news of the week of course aew dynamite 
from this past week took place in the 3-1-3 Detroit, Michigan at Little Caesars Arena. Your boy was there representing uh, that crowd. was loud. Before we talk about the show, tell them about the meet and greet, boss. But yeah, exactly the case, yes, I will say. Leading into that, though, very last minute. So last minute that Floyd cut me off, caught me off guard being like, you seen my boys? And I just like look at Twitter. I'm like, wait, when was this announced? They did a last minute like meet and greet announcement like the day before the show. Um, and it was FTR. Let's fucking go. Uh, Juice Robinson and Tony Storm, Free for Heels members. Um, so we met all three of them. I honestly, dude, I was stunned. I was expecting FTR to be like 150 bucks. I couldn't believe. I was like, oh my God, they're all under 100. I mean, we're doing this. Absolutely. Um, plus, we were doing this regardless because it's your boys. And I love FTR. I truly do. I still couldn't believe I hadn't met them by that point. And we were talking about this beforehand. Um, first, we met Juice. Lovely lad. Um, he, when he signed, uh, our, my, our autograph, I said to Austin basically. And he's like, Oh, like stone cold. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't got the bald head. And, um, one of the security guards literally goes like, you got a problem with bald people. I'm like, no, I can't rock that shit, dude. I would just, I can't pull it off. Y'all can Steve can, I can't pull that off. And she's literally just goes good save. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we talked about him a little bit. Cause I know actually he, he actually did a lot of training in his wrestling school stuff uh, in Detroit. Um, he's got a pretty good uh, tie to the area. And I was just like, bro, like when we were getting, when I was getting into New Japan because of, you know, the elite, which is all that stuff, it's like, and I just saw you, I was just like, you are a fucking monster. Like, you just absolutely just come out and just do a bunch of crazy stuff and you're great. So I praised him and he was awesome. Super chill, too, honestly. You think he'd be like super, like, energetic and all that kind of stuff he's way more mellow than you would think i would say uh tony storm absolute sweetheart um funny thing too is because Sid- sydney my sister's in heels and uh she's like yeah you know I, I i wish i could be in heels events more i've just been so busy with school because she's doing a master's program in veterinarian science through the university of florida uh and she they so she's like i'm doing a master's program and tony's like oh and what and she says veterinary medicine she's just like oh shit no wonder you can't make time for any of the events like that's a lot of freaking work and so she runs down all these things that she's been doing and how she's still going to try to get into vet school and all that kind of stuff and then my response after after she hears all that is like and i talk about uh sports on television and we just start like laughing and she's like well you got that locked down i can i can tell um and then we met your boys. And I literally went in there. I'm like, I am introducing myself as Superfan Floyd's friend and co-host. It's literally how I'm introducing myself. And I go up there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're friends, uh, actually, with uh, one of your superfans. Like, I probably the superfan of you guys, uh, Floyd. I just said your first name. And they were me like, oh, yeah, ap- yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, the, their handler, uh, whoever was with them, just goes, I think we're all really close with Floyd. Uh, and I was just like, well, yeah, absolutely. And Cash brings up like, yeah, you know, we're doing those FTR belts. And uh, he was like literally one of the first guys who were like, yeah, he's getting one. And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, like he just absolute cool dude. And like he, he doesn't vouch for people who don't deserve it. He vouches for people who deserve it. And like you guys are just like outstandingly talented and just genuine and great. Like you just seem like absolutely class acts and amazing people and their response is like oh man no it's like you know you give us tequila we'll seem great to anybody so uh and i also called him out because dax the day of the show was tweeting 
maybe we call out uh, Alex, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. I'm like, do not tease Motor City Machine Guns FTR, which I've been begging for. Do not tease that and not pull pull the trigger on uh, in Michigan. You have to follow through with that if you're going to tweet shit at that like that out. And he goes like, "Listen, man, I was on the plane. I had my drinks. I was bored. I was like, then get somebody to run your Twitter, because you can't be tweeting shit like that. You're getting my heart going crazy." Um, we took the picture again. They were absolutely outstanding. But the funny part about the whole ending of it was that as we were we we shook their hands and we said thank you again. Your guys are amazing, and we were about to head off. I turn back to like the table that they're doing like the signings by, and I look over and I see uh, I th- I th- what I think is Sydney's phone. Like I think Sid left her phone on the desk. I'm like, oh Sid, did you did you leave your phone? Uh, and Dex's like, oh no no no, that's my phone. I was just like, you're right, it is. I can't believe I mistook that. So yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, and he's like, no, it's my phone. Don't touch. Uh, and I just start laughing. Um, but if I was quick witted, like at that moment, like five seconds later, as we were walking out, I was like, damn it, I should have said this. Uh, I would just been like. But I want to text Punk. <laughs> Literally, what was in my head? Yeah. I didn't say it. I was just like, "That would have cracked him up." That would. I think that I was like, "Shit." Him up. I'm like, like you, like I'm jealous. You get to text Punk. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, "But bro, I want to, I want to text Punk and be like, why the fuck do you get Connor Bedard? Chicago Blackhawks should suck forever. Why do they get the number one pick?" That's what like, but I, I didn't think of it in time, and I was just like, "Damn it, that would have been funny." Um, but yeah, all the meet and greets were fantastic, amazing. Um, I, like I said, I still couldn't believe how affordable they were. I thought we were going to get raked over the coals, honestly, especially with FTR. Wasn't the case at all. Um, and then that wasn't the only signed thing we got because we got the signed autographs from Juice and uh, and FTR. We also we went to the uh, merch stand, and I was like, I might get that uh, live event exclusive Adam Cole shirt that's been around for a while, but I haven't never gotten the Detroit AEW shirt was also pretty, pretty solid with the Detroit skyline and a giant tire. Then I saw that amazing uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley uh, steel cage photo that they tweeted out, and it's signed. And I'm just like, "Well, goddamn it, there goes a hundred bucks." <laughs> I'm like, "That's what I'm buying because that's fucking awesome." Especially like, and my friends too. They're not, they're not helping either. And the fact they're being like. I mean, you know how hard it is to get Kenny Omega signed stuff nowadays. And I'm just like, God damn it. I'm like, all right, fine. We're doing this because I was like, that's so fucking cool. So I got that and I got the Adam Cole shirt. So I limited myself to just that. Sid got the Detroit shirt. Um, and I was just like, man, this is the fucking coolest shit. This is so cool. But yeah, that was how I opened my uh, AEW Dynamite in Detroit. But then we got into the actual show itself um i will say it was what was kind of funny it was um so they uh they did a couple dark matches beforehand uh one of which uh had uh qt marshall dog uh dogging on detroit and all that kind of stuff and for some reason because i saw like obviously aaron solo was ready to go and uh, qt was ready to go i was like oh my god oh my god Oh my god! And I swore like the Titan Tron shows like a black screen or like a, some black lettering and stuff like that. And I'm like, "He's Motor City Machine Guns," and it was Preston Vance. And I was just like, "I forgot he's also from Michigan." Oops. So I was like, I was like, I swear to God, dude, I thought that was MC- Motor City Machine Guns, and I was about to lose my mind. Doesn't make sense. Why would they do that on uh, just a dark match? 
uh, it was it ended up being uh, Preston Vance, and they also brought out uh, Ethan Page. He's like, I mean, he is from Canada, but he did move to Detroit, so you know what? We counted, and I'm like, all right, fair enough. I get to cheer for for Ethan Page. I, I'll always take that. You should uh, celebrate anybody willingly willingly moving to Detroit of all places. Yeah, my dude. <laughs> like, listen. <laughs> You need to calm the hell down. <laughs> like, uh, uh, no, like Detroit. <sighs> I'm like, is there? Hey, uh, you know, no, it, you know, I had to tell you, the crowd was lit last night. They oh lit. my god, dude! Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, I, I saw some people throwing around, and we're and we're going to talk about the show, go match by match. But uh, thought thought about people going. To, they said they came out and they did the pay per view, and Tony's like that could happen. And I'm like, no, no, that's the thing. Yeah, literally after Dynamite's over and they're trying to get Rampage set up, the fans just started chanting pay per view at him, and he goes like, it's honestly realistic. Is the words that he used, and I'm like, pull the trigger, Revolution uh, 2024. Yeah, yeah. Right, I was gonna say any show but Full Gear. Because going to Michigan in For November would not make sense. Yeah, going to Michigan in November is not a list of things that I want to do in my life. <laughs> it's going to be cold. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Minnesota in fucking November. Oh, and God, God, I was miserable. So, no, we, we need to keep it south. And Minis- keep- Dude, I will say, too, I love Minneapolis, though, but like, <laughs> Minnesota is significantly colder than us. Yeah, so, I need you to keep it southern. <laughs> <laughs> I can you keep it southern for full gear, you know, like as it gets cold. No, but uh, no, uh, Detroit it was amazing. I, I really liked it, and you know, I I did not. We have not said this anything. We are the proclivity of positivity. We don't really like go into bad what we don't like. We try to focus on what we like, but there has been a lull. In dynamites, other you know, other than FTR winning their tag belts, but there has kind of been a lull. Like you could see, like a lot of people like they haven't been great episodes. It is what it is. What I saw it as, they were focusing on getting MJF is over. MJF yes. is over. Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara are popular with the AEW fan base. Yes. But they're not over yet. Right? Darby, probably one of the more popular stars, but they're not over. Probably Darby's probably the closest at this point. I but if say. you're trying to sell a pay-per-view, right? You set a standard that 150, 125, 150,000 buys is your standard. <laughs> Last year, you did that with CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page in the main event. That's where you're that's where you hit that number. This year, you're trying to do it with MJF, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara as your headliners. They took some time, and they really tried to build up these characters. So, yes, did they probably take a little hit to hit on a week-to-week? Of course. But it was trying to get the audience familiar with these characters that they're about to ask them to pay forty nine ninety nine to watch on TV. You know? Because, right. you know, the main event is what's considered to sell. So... I, I, you know, the last few weeks have not been like, oh my god, that dynamite was so good. No, yeah, it's yeah. been okay to like solid. Last night was damn that dynamite was so good, dude. <laughs> dude, I like, like I will watch back for stuff I missed. 
every week. Every week I, I work, so occasionally I get calls. I get called away, and I have to go back and watch stuff. I pressed play on Dynamite last night at, uh, after I had already watched it. And before I knew it, I had watched it again. There was <laughs> no point to just say, oh, this is boring. I'm going to turn this off. It was just thing after thing, storyline after storyline. The video packages were amazing. So, yeah, let's talk about the show. I'm ready. Let's go. We opened up the show with the double, je- the double Jeopardy match between the Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli and the AEW uh, and the uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion uh, Ray Phoenix. So, uh, the winner of the match would be able to get a shot at the other man's title. So if Ray won, he'd get a shot at the ring of honor world championship down the line. Claudia wins. He'd get a shot at the ring of honor world tag team championship, uh, at the, at, at a later time. Um, and these guys automatically from the jump just was going at it. And like, this was a perfect match to start things off. Uh, cause there's stakes behind it. And these two guys are outstanding. Claudio just lifting and throwing Phoenix around, um, and just, Phoenix being outstanding, doing the run across the barricade. Um, there's uh, some great like moonsaults on the floor. Um, Phoenix uh, like was working so hard to try to get the job done, but then eventually Claudia would just beat him down, working for that Ricola bomb, and uh, uh, Claudia would get the win. Um, and yeah, it was a damn, damn good match too. Crowd was already really feeling it going into this first match as well. Um, and yeah, I was so, so hyped about that too. Like the, the Hurricanrana off of the turnbuckles too was amazing. Um, Phoenix got thrown literally over the barricade, like crazy shit, dude. And anytime I can see Claudio go up against a guy where he can just chuck him in the air and just uppercut him, like it's always it looks so good. Dude, uh, this match, when I saw those two people in the ring, it was like, oh, shit. Let's go. Let's, like, you know, it's that moment, like, let's fucking go. Because you, you, like, you know, the Dynamites, when I truly believe in Dynamites are the best, I think you can start off with a good, uh, I think you can start off with an uh, in-ring segment. I think you can. I think you can start off with a celebration but the thing when dynamite is at its best when you know they're about to have a banger show there is no entrances you saw the entrances but we didn't there are no entrances there are two amazing wrestlers in the middle of the ring and it's like okay it's show time let's go it's not like don't even think about it let's let's just uh let's fight let's let's get out there and fight and it was like you got claudio who uh amazing i don't know if i've ever seen claudio whether he was claudio whether he was Cesaro, whether whoever he was i don't think i've ever seen him have a bad match right he's like the one of the like he's the perfect he wrestler for the blackpool combat club because he is like the perfect wrestler and he got ray phoenix and if anyone has listened to the early part of the show when you're talking about the guy that Floyd just jumped behind from the beginning, it was Ray Phoenix. Like I said, every time he wrestles, he does stuff I've never seen before. Unfortunately for him, there's this guy named El Vikingo, and, you know, there's been some Bandito. They've come along, and they've done stuff I've never seen before. But it doesn't take away from how amazing Ray Phoenix is. And, yeah, so Ray Phoenix jumps 
through the second rope. And Claudio catches him in a press slam. What in the fuck? Yeah, it was... Dude, like, the way that he was just pressing him up was ridiculous. Dude, functional strength. I even said, if I could be any type of strong, I want to be Claudio strong. Because he's strong in a way where it's just like, he looks almost like a normal human being, but he can do Greek God shit. And it was just like the way he was catching him, and he was always in the right spot. He made Ray Phoenix, in a loss, look as good as Ray Phoenix can look. You know what I mean? And I just thought, yeah. and, and, and even in the ma- end, it was the powerbomb, and it was definitive. And now uh, now Claudio gets a shot at the ROH titles, and it was it's like the match meant something. There was a definitive win. It was a banger. It looked good. So and like as far as the check marks for a wrestling match, it hit literally every check, every check mark, and it was like, it was like four minutes in, and they were like, oh, my God, what did they do? And then they wrestled another 10 or five or 10. Or whatever. I know. It yeah. was it was amazing. Perfect first match. I'm like, I, I would have to go to history to, like, go AEW first match history, but I truly think you could put a, this up there with any match in first match history. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Like I said, they kicked off the show amazing, and then we cut to backstage and fucking pan up on a man walking and it's goddamn Miro Miro all of a sudden backstage at AEW and Renee tries to interview him being like you're back why are you back and he just says nothing walks into Tony Khan's office and we're all literally just like what in the goddamn hell fucking Miro's back so, wait, so Lana shows up backstage in Puerto Rico, and then the very next week, uh, uh, Miro shows up backstage at AEW. Coincidence? I think not. This was out I was, like, fucking so taken aback. I was just like, oh, my God. I've missed this man so much. Probably, like, top-tier TNT champion, seriously. You look back at, like, the previous champions uh, with that TNT title, like, Cody, of course, is going to be pretty damn outstanding as, you know, obviously, first champion. Makes sense. I get it. Um, But then, like, you look at that title reign as well. I mean, like, Miro is absolutely up there as, like, one of the absolute best champions that that belt has seen. No question about it, dude. Like, seriously. So, the fact that he's back has me... So fucking gassed. Has me so hyped. Dude, so it's he's immediately a star uh that's back. He's immediately somebody that could come in and beat anyone in the company and no one would be surprised. He said that, you know, he has that badass persona that he's always had. So yeah, like so that is another thing. He just has this look on his face, like at any time he's just gonna mess you up. Like I was, a, you know, if it wasn't Renee, I'd been afraid for her life. The way the mirror just kind of glared at her, like, uh, he saw her like that steak, and it was just like, and he's like, oh, I got something to say to Tony Khan, and I'm like, dude, I'm Tony Khan. As soon as he walk in the door, hey, you can have what you want. Yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like no, there, there's no discussion. You can have it. What what what, what do you need? Um. Because, uh, yeah, I don't want to be on the uh, bad side of that man. So, uh, no, uh, I'm very, 
I'm very excited to see what they do with him. Uh, I, there's a like, there's a lot of spots kind of on the pay per view open. So oh, yeah, I, I want to see where that goes. So yeah, shout out to Miro for coming back. I'm so so hyped about that. Uh, we then, um, I'll just say throughout the whole night, we had uh, uh, video packages and interviews with all four of the pillars leading into the double or nothing match uh, for the AEW World Title. And MJF, I loved how he compared himself and the Pillars to the Beatles and compares himself to Paul McCartney. I was just like, that's fucking funny, honestly. And no, and it, it was I thought it was especially awesome. Cause as me, who can't not not familiar with the Beatles. I'm just being like one hundred percent. I'm not super familiar with the Beatles as a personality. I know they have a lot of songs I like or whatever. But as far as the personality, I'm like, okay, it's the Beatles, right? That being said, he did it in a way where you didn't have to be super familiar with the Beatles no, yeah. to understand what he was referencing. He told you who each one of them was. So you could be like, oh, okay, that's why he thinks he's that. And, you know, yes. Paul is Paul McCartney. I think that's pretty standard. Everyone knows that he's a badass. So that I thought that was just, I thought he did it really well. A very well executed, uh, very well executed uh, pre-taped uh, segment. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, out also before, running down all his the was things, the best, that, all course. the people that he's—I will say too—running down all the people that he's beaten, and all the like, like you said, like the 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 mounts on his wall, basically, like the thing, the like the the scalps that he has, and bringing up Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, all these people that he's beaten. How he's had the best dog collar match in professional wrestling history, uh, and he's also had the best Iron Man match. Saying all these things, and being like, "What have you guys done?" So it's like I'm asking you, like, like kind of get something done because I have outworked and outperformed all of you in just such a short, the same amount of time. Yeah, he. I mean, again, of the four pillars, and you know, if. If I would say this to all of their faces, because I respect them enough to say this, he's the real pillar. Yes. Like, he's Sammy. Sammy's amazing. Sammy's amazing. But I would at this point in time, before this show, I would definitely never put. Right now, Sammy's not ready to be one on one main event at a pay per view and sell it. And I love Darby mm-hmm. Allen. He's not MJF. Yeah, I love Darby Allen. He's not ready to be one-on-one in the main event of a pay-per-view and sell it. And I don't think Jungle Boy is either, right? It, to make it make sense, they collectively had to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, MJF's the real pillar. The other three are trying to be pillars. And MJF settled it out that way, and I just I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Now, though, we move over to your boys. And my boys as well. The AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR coming out, responding to the challenge made by Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, being like, listen, uh, we want to talk to Dark- Mark Briscoe, though. We want to just talk out with him because this has been ridiculous. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal come out being like, you guys owe us an apology. Um, uh, oh, no, actually... Dak said that FTR owed Mark Briscoe an apology, and then they were like, no, do you accept our challenge? 
uh, Dax says to like, do you guys want that? And I'm just like, well, we're all like, no, we want you to face an actual tag team, please. Um, and he's like, Dax goes, all right, we'll accept the challenge, though, as long as you guys admit that you're using Mark Briscoe just to get at us. And Sanjay Judd's just being like, he's our friend. We love Mark. We love Mark Briscoe. And he comes out and uh, I'm like, like the moment he comes in, everyone's just like, let's fucking go, Mark. And he's just like, you guys are having a hard time controlling your emotions when you guys are in the same vicinity. And uh, he's like, I've talked to Tony Khan, and listen, Las Vegas, FTR against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett for the tag titles. I'm going to be the special guest referee. Immediately, you've made me way more interested in this match, just from an entertainment side of things. Because, listen, I know FTR can get a good match out of Jeff Jarrett. I know that. Um, And Jay Lethal's still great. Um, But, storyline-wise, I don't care. You threw Mark Briscoe in all of a sudden as another element. Now it's going to be a lot more fun on this. This made it way more fun and way more interesting. And he wants to keep the peace before the match happens. And he starts handing out some drinks. And they're going to all uh, drink some tequila and stuff like that. Sanjay Dutt then takes a big sip of the alcohol. Spits into Dak's eyes. Can't see a damn thing. So much so that uh, they throw Mark Briscoe into uh, uh, Dak's. And Dax can't even see anything, so he pile drives Mark Briscoe, and he's like, "You fucking pile drive me!" He's like, "I couldn't see." Um, so that is the official match for Double or Nothing Tag Team Titles on the line for AEW: FTR, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, special guest referee. Yeah. Um, if you like, hey Floyd, who who opponent do you want for FTR at Double or Nothing? This would have not have been it. Nope. But I, you know, um, when you're starting any type of tag run, and this is FTR's, what I hope is going to be the definitive AEW tag run. That's what I want it to be, right? So, if you're talking about a definitive tag run, you're talking about at minimum eight months to a pl- a, a, over a year, especially in AEW time, because I think uh, the Bucks are the longest tag champions, and I think they held it almost. Like, exactly. They held it from full gear to all out. So, it was almost a year, right? So, they're the longest reigning tag team champions. So, in uh, AEW time, an eight-month reign is forever. A six-month reign is forever. There's a lot of great tag teams and a lot of good tag teams in AEW, right? Well, the only way you're going to do this is you're going to have to kind of drag it out. If you want a nice long run, you're going to have to, you know, you know, set up each goal. And in this case, it's Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They're kind of everybody's starter opponent. They were the claims first tag team that they they had to beat. This is, I mean, this is the starter opponent. So, okay, so we got them at the pay-per-view. Now, I will say this, because you know I'm a bright side person, right? I like Jeff Jarrett. I like Jay Lethal. They're both excellent wrestlers. They're going to put on an excellent match. I believe when Enrique the Dragon Steamboat's last match that FTR was tagging with him. I believe Jay Lethal was on the other side. So they're used to working. It's going to be a good match, right? That's that's The quality of the match is not the point. It's the stakes and all that. But as a first-time feud, FTR's in it. And I went to Double or Nothing last year. You went to Double or Nothing last year, right, Austin? I did. Yeah, we saw each other, you know. Guy, uh, we did it. We saw Punk win the title. Guess who didn't wrestle on that card? 
It was FTR. All, all, their only thing they did was come out to ho- hoist Punk in the air. So guess who's on the double or nothing card this year? Uh, FTR and not CM Punk. So, I'm just going to say, if you're talking to me, this looks like a come up. They're the tag champs. I've, like, I've only seen them tag champs at one pay-per-view, and guess what they did with that title? They lost it. <laughs> the, one, the one match I've seen them. So I've only seen them one match, so I get to see them in Las Vegas at a double nothing. This will be their first Las Vegas double or nothing match. They'll be defending their title on a pay-per-view against a team they're likely to beat. I know not everybody's going to feel this way. But the person that has a profile name of FTR Express, he's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good. I'm happy. Let's go. Let's fight. Let's and make this also, happen. Also, I learned, never accidentally bump into Dax Harwood. He will pile drive the shit out of you. Dude, I actually accidentally almost took his phone and I thought I was going to get killed. Yes, there was, there was no delay. There was no hesitation. You bumped into him. He's like, oh, your head's right there. Pile drive. I'm not, yeah. not going to be like, it, It's hey, fight or flight you... mode, dude. It's yeah. fight or flight mode. I'm not going to ask who you are. He hands out pile drivers. Some people push people. Some people throw a punch. Dax Harwell will drop you on your fucking head. You bump into him. I love it. it is, I mean, he's the hard hitter of the group. Yeah, it's just like, it's honestly like, um, it's almost, I can't think of what it is. It's almost like their career and their life as they describe it. Dax drops somebody on their head and Cash comes and apologizes for it. Probably, <laughs> how, probably how things honestly work out for a while. I believe it, honestly. Yes, no. It's just like how they describe it a lot of times. It's like, Cash has to pull me back. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's that's what happened. So no, believe that it, yeah. Now uh, that was, that was this was a fun segment, right? If I mean, like in the days of we were a little when people world was a little less smart, this is a perfectly fine tag team match to be on a pay per view. Yeah, honestly, and again, considering FTR was not on the show last year, we will, come we up. will enjoy FTR being yeah, on the show. This it's year. a yeah, it's a come up hundred. <laughs> like for me, yes, my only picture of FTR at Double or Nothing is celebrating somebody else winning the title. So. Yeah, so you'll have your fa- you'll you'll have your favorite like thing in wrestling at Double or Nothing. I will have to just sit and uh, you know what, you out. know what would be great. I know he's not going to do it. I no, he's going to save the bigger moment. But if Punk came out at the, he's the like, top of the ramp, who could come at the top of the ramp and he just stands there with FDR, that'd be pretty cool. But you oh know. my, it won't happen. Yeah, but yeah. it it would be fucking. I, cool. I was just say you would probably pee your pants or something. You know, I I think I think my friend Jared would have to literally lift me off the ground because i'd be on the floor crying yes because no no uh i'm uh looking forward to what they do at the show it's just like like i said it's like not every match is going to be a main event match but oh yeah you're gonna have what 10 matches on the card which is usual you're gonna have some other stuff in there i don't know and again like i said the added element of mark briscoe being the special guest makes it makes it stand out and makes it more entertaining in a different way than other matches where it's like you do a match where it's just like move 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 move, and all of a sudden like you know you've seen a lot of it already like this is something different that the show hasn't seen so we we need different like again variety it's what AEW has done so well in its time frame you put variety on your show with different types of things you keep people interested and you give them different forms of entertainment that's what this will be absolutely absolutely 
Uh, we then had Chris Jericho getting interviewed about uh, how he got jumped by Adam Cole the week before and how he was like, I was literally just sitting doing commentary. Uh, he didn't get the best of me. This is an unsafe work environment because he jumped me because of that. So look, I got legal counsel. I have a court order now. If I'm ever in an arena, Adam Cole is banned. He cannot be in the same vicinity as me. Roderick Strong then comes out and says, you know what? That's messed up. And I am here, though. You haven't banned me, so uh, I challenge you to a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, Chris Jericho accepts it for next week on Dynamite. And Roderick then finishes it off being like, eh, I also got some legal counsel. And um, the JAS is going to be banned from this match as well. So uh, that is teased for next week. Uh, I was excited about it. Bummed we didn't get it for Detroit because I was just like, more. Give us all the things. Uh, and the crowd definitely booed once they said next week. And they were just like, what the fuck? No, um, yeah. Uh, and th- their crowd, y'all crowd said, like, what the fuck? Me, I'm like, because guess what? I'm going to be at the show next week. I was like, yeah. Yes. Well, consider, like I said, you, you, I, I knew you were kicking yourself that you weren't able to be at this one for sure. Yeah, no, I was like, yes, I get uh, Roderick Strong and Chris Jericho in a Falls Count Anywhere match in Austin, Texas. Let's go. I was excited. For sure. That'll be a crazy, awesome match. Uh, we then, of course, had uh, another shot of uh, Renee Paquette next to Tony Khan's office being like, you know, yeah, Miro just went in there. We haven't seen him in months. Uh, and then Thunder Rosa out of nowhere shows up and she's all of a sudden appearing and she walks into Tony Khan's office uh, being like, seems like tonight's a good to- good night to talk to uh, Poppy Khan right now. And uh, so we don't know what the fuck's going on, but Miro and Tony and, uh, and Thunder Rosa are back and they want to speak to Tony Khan about things. Um, and then that would lead into one last thing they did backstage, which was the Tony Khan saying basically big announcement next week on dynamite, which everyone is kind of thinking to be like, aw collision which is what most people are seeing in that and i gotta i gotta do this though uh, i saw this on i saw this on and i i completely agree with it this was called the inception announcement so you may you announce that he's about to make an announcement and his announcement is that he's gonna make an announcement next week mm-hmm. huh <laughs> that could just be a graphic man i don't need I don't need a live feed. We don't need friend. Tony. Yeah, we don't need Tony to speak. I, like I said, we, it's good to see you, but we, you didn't yeah. need to do that. We didn't need a uh, picture of you saying, hey, I'm going to make an announcement. I'm like, yeah. But I will say one last thing, too, because this is sitting on the collision rumors and all that stuff. And if, it, if, it, when it, if and when it officially gets announced next week, because, like I said, the, re- the prevailing rumor right now is that that will be the show that CM Punk returns at. And then there's a lot of people that are saying the way that it'll work out is that it'll be it'll be sort of a brand split almost with AEW, where it's going to be like everybody who's okay and cool with working with CM Punk, you will be on collision with CM Punk. Everyone who doesn't like him and hates his guts and doesn't want to work with him, you guys can stay on Dynamite and Rampage and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to throw this out there that I don't think the majority of the roster is not going to get that option. I That's mean, the there, thing. There, there, there is, but, there's, there is, there are people that are elite. And there are people that aren't. <laughs> you but, know? Here's the, but also, here's the thing, too. It's like Even regardless of that, too, I think all of that is utter horseshit, honestly, in my personal humble opinion. Because if it was at that point where you 
couldn't get people to work with the idea of him coming back and like work around like you know like compromise and all that kind of stuff and like let's get over ourselves let's just work together we don't all have to love each other but we have to work together because we want this company to be as great as it it does if there were so many people that couldn't get with that that they had to make a whole different show just to make punk being able to come back a possibility at that point just don't come back Dude, that, I, that's my I first, think, that's my mindset. So, like, I think the whole idea or rumor that it's like all the people that are cool with punk on collision, all the people who aren't stay on dynamite. I think that whole thing is just complete bullshit. It it makes for fun stories. It makes it for does. Fun. It does. But it it again, makes for fun speculation. If that, but if that was I mean, the reason, though, it would be just terrible business decision. Because but like, you know, again, you know, basically creating competition in your own company. But the, 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 you know what they're forgetting. Is that people are employees that are under contract that just can't leave if they don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to work here anymore. I quit. You know, you can do that, but you don't get paid anymore, right? And then your contract has a certain amount of time. Then you get breach of contract. These are adult problems, right? And people treat this like it's high school. Right. People treat this like this is your high school football team. I don't want to play with him. I ain't going to pass the ball to him in your basketball. No, no. These are grown people that do this to feed their themselves, their family, their friends, their, their, their side chicks, whatever. They feed as, you know, they take care of themselves. This is how they make a living. And in, in a professional space, and I'm not talking about professional wrestling. I'm just saying in a professional space, you have to work with people you don't like. Period. It's just how it works. It's what adults do. My dad was an uh, airplane mechanic. Do you think he worked, liked everybody that he works with? I work in IT. Do you think I like everybody I work with? No, but I get paid, so I go to work and I do the job. I have to think these adult men are not going to be like, well, he's annoying and he he made fun of somebody else on a microphone, so I don't want to work with him no more. What the fuck? You better grow the fuck up and get to yes. work. No, so, yeah, that's, sorry. That's got to be. That's what it's got to be. Though. <laughs> yeah. That's why that whole rumor doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. I think again, you can think that, but again, it's it's bullshit. I think because yeah, more more likely the idea it is. You're getting a third weekly television show trying to get that over. How do you get that over? You put one of the hottest wrestling stars on the planet on that show. Oh, shit. Now I have a reason to tune in. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I I mean, people, it's like I said, it's overblown to me in many, many ways. But it's just like, it, it make, it's laughable that people think that these adults play children's games and they don't. It's like. At the end of the day, the boss says work, you work, or you quit, one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Now, we then had the AEW International Championship match between freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy facing off against Daniel Garcia, who could not stop gyrating his goddamn hips. Like, because he, hey, he was sports entertaining. He has yes, calm the hell down, dog. He's a sports entertainer. He got the sports entertain you. But yes, no, it, it, it is hilarious to me because it's so funny that that's like how he goes with it, though. That's that, that's his sports entertainment, you know, that's what he does. And and it was mm-hmm. like when I found out, I was like, oh, like I almost forgot this match was happening. And I'm like, I get Orange Cassidy versus 
Daniel Garcia. Oh my God, another banger. Yeah, again, like I said, we've talked up and down about how great Orange Cassidy has been with the International Championship. This was still uh, very, very strong, honestly. Um, I especially uh, love the uh, spot where uh, Orange Cassidy is like just anytime this dude just with his like the way that he just avoids like all like all and then he's able to just fucking do his ridiculous like like off like oh I'm killing you with my legs and all that kind of stuff Um, they did a really strong match I would say Um, there was a like vicious jumping pile driver that Daniel Garcia hit on on, uh, Orange Cassidy Um, and multiple beach breaks but eventually was able to uh, really fight out of multiple submissions and then really just cradle up uh, Daniel Garcia get the pinfall uh, it was a good. It was honestly a really good match. I will say this yep. one. Uh, it does. Uh, it out of everything that w- happened, though, it felt like it kind of like maybe slipped uh, behind people's minds, maybe a bit. But this was still a really, really good match. So they're doing one of my favorite storylines right now, and Orange Cassidy is executing it as well as anyone has ever executed it. It's the I'm a fighting champion. I will take on anyone. Right. And then, yeah, your first match, great. Your second match, great. Around your 10th match, you get a hand injury. Around your 13th match, you get a leg injury, right? And you're like, you're just holding on because you're so beat up. You're so injured. But you're the champion, and you got to be a fighting champion. You got to defend it. And you got to get a craftier and craftier on how you keep your how you keep your match. And it's just like, and it, generally the way it ends, they get dominated by someone. I don't know who it is, but that person comes in and like they take advantage of the fact that they're weakened and dominate them. But I have to commend uh, Orange Cassidy because his selling has during this period of time has been next level. How he's changed his moves. How uh, how he does the pocket thing. How when he throws the punch, he'll throw it with the other hand, or he'll sell the hand after he throws the punch, or like with the uh, beach break, he did it without grabbing the wrestler. A lot of times, it more looked like oh, more looked like uh, what's it called? Where you go over the head or whatever. It didn't even look like a slam because he couldn't use his hands, and it's just like excellent psychology on the the amount of pain that he's putting his body through to remain champion the reason i like these types of storylines so much because no matter if you mean to or if you notice it it builds the title as something important the title is more important than his health the title is more important than a day off the title is the most important thing in this world uh orange cassidy is a wrestler right now everybody's like he's a gimmick wrestler really not he is a champion and he is defending his title and he's doing it excellently right now and i what the job he's doing is kind of amazing right now and the character stuff is awesome i i I always gonna love the character stuff because the character has had to evolve and but he can't be this overnight evolved with orange cassidy it's been this slow pace of him getting more serious and more serious and more hurt and he cuts the interview and he's like i'm tired and he's like, that even sells it more. I'm just really tired. And it's like, this whole thing has just been excellent. Uh, you know, he's probably the MVP of AEW for uh, this year for me so far. Yeah, no, he's really held it down outstandingly. Um, then we had Christian Cage come out. And let me let me tell you straight up right now, I will say this. And I'm not 
exaggerating. Um, I'm not even like slightly joking. Um, after this segment and after Dynamite was all over, I had to pull this up on YouTube because I'm not kidding, dude. This crowd, my, my Detroit faithful, we were booing this man so loud I could barely hear what the fuck he was saying. I'm not even kidding, dude. He, they were booing him so loud that like I caught some stuff. Like, but most of it was just like covered in constant booze, shut the fuck up chants, uh, asshole chants. And then my favorite one of the night, Edge is Better, which was stellar. I like honestly great. Um, it was just that crowd let this man have it. And of course, he was talking about why he would, would got the number one contendership for the TNT title. It's because he's Christian Cage. So when you have a name like mine and have that legacy that I have, you get those shots. I walk in to your, you walk into your boss's office and you demand respect. You demand that shot because I have the ability to do that. There was a point where he asked about the eight wrestlers in AEW and what's the problem with all their daddy issues. So, you know what? Wardlow, just like my previous opponent, also had a father. But I won't belittle your father, Wardlow, because he wasn't famous. Nobody knows him and nobody cares about him. Um, and then he also brought up Arn Anderson, who uh, is son Brock. Uh, you know what? You might have forgotten he has a contract in AEW. But Arn Anderson, of course, you know, he said the last thing he wanted to do in wrestling was to set up his son for success. But all of a sudden, you know, he gets this shiny new tool in uh, Wardlow who gets the TNT title and he tosses Brock aside for Wardlow. So Arn, you know, I guess, you know, being uh, lackey to uh, – uh, Ric Flair makes you a legend. I guess being the uh, the the weakest member of your team, weaker than Tully Blanchard, makes you a legend. How many times have you won the world champion, Arn? And he just goes and just continues and continues and continues and just won't stop. And he's just going like full throttle, not even breaking a sweat. And then just finally, once he says like you're you're gonna realize once you're standing in the ring with me, your days as champion are over. And he goes and Detroit. Kiss my ass, just massive heat, and just dude, this dude, crowd dude, wanted. To. Dude. And listen, we're from Michigan. We don't like Canadians. It's just how it goes. I know there's some transplants and stuff like that, but like, listen, you're if you're Canadian, uh, like we have some tolerate tolerating of you, but if you're talking shit, like, nah, we we don't deal with that. As a longtime wrestling fan, I thought I was pretty immune to heat. Then he went in on Arn Anderson. <laughs> That's where I knew I was just like, Floyd's going to die. <laughs> I was like, he got some heat with me. I was like actually mad at Christian. I was like, how dare you say that? I have to hear that much enough in just regular life. How dare you say that about Arn? And I was like, yeah. So, yeah, he got some actual real heat with me on that one. I, I, and, I, I, and, again, I got mad, and then I tipped my hat to him because, you know, again, it's like, when you get me caught up in it, I, I think you've done something. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you 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 don't get lost in it. You know Christian's going to say the meanest shit he went in. But then he went on, on he went in on Uncle Arn. And God dang it. Just I don't do it. that yeah. with this man. Yeah. It's so funny. My favorite wrestlers of all time, of course, Arn Anderson, Dax Harwood is in there. They both like to be called Uncle. Uncle Arn and Uncle Dax. So it's kind of funny. Grumpy uncles, uh, but uh, no, it's uh, I thought this was excellent. And Edge cut a promo on uh, Twitter about wanting to be the world champion and wanting to, you know, basically retire when he loses it, you know, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship or whatever. 
Cool. Great. Edge is presented like he's a good promo, right? And I think he's a good promo. But damn Christian, man. Christian, if like if I'm a young wrestler and I want to know how to get heat. And I'm not talking about like the MJFs people get mad and get on the internet blah, 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 type, but actual pro wrestling heat. I would only study tapes of Christian. The reason I say I that is because he's so good at going far, but not going so far that people get on the internet and type about it. That is very true. I will say, though, because Edge, to me, like in terms of just entertaining heel stuff, has some of my favorite. Um like for pro for for promos, I especially love like his wrong tirade. That whole shit was amazing. Um, but then also too, his promo he cut when he was telling John Cena to wake up was also, I will say, pretty solid. I will say, pretty solid. Um, that whole feud, that whole feud, that whole thing sucked though. Where it's just like you know trying to get John Cena to realize how amazing he is. Honestly, that sucked. It reminded me of how much I didn't like when uh, Ace Steel. Uh, was trying to build up CM Punk again. And I was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Dude, I was going to say, hey, that dude just screaming at you. I'm like, dude, just go on the internet. Everybody tells Punk how great he is every day. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And I was like, all he had to do was go back to the back. Dax will tell him. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, he'll hey, tell him hey, all hey, the hey. time. Absolutely. No, like, no, it's just, it's it, it was one of those things. Like, face or good guy, let me use that term. Uh, since I don't I want to sound too inside. Good guy wrestlers, good guy managers don't work for no. that reason. Like Unless you're Arn Anderson and you're talking about popping a Glock uh, yeah. with uh, Cody Rhodes. And, and it worked. And it worked because he was a coach. And it was a different situation. And it's like you got to have that type of uh, mentality with it. And then it's like it's, a, it's very rare, but in most cases it doesn't work. Yeah. Now, but Christian, no, um, Edge, Ed, like I said, Edge is a solid promo, but especially with the heel shit, dude, like Christian has just really himself apart. Like I, and, and that's what I'm like. And I don't think people will understand truly until you go back and listen to it. He will go far, but he goes far in such an acceptable way. All you want to do is boo him, right? You don't want to get on the internet and be like, oh, God, Christian said this and Christian said that. It doesn't happen like that. Like MJF will talk about babies and children. And again, it gets heat, but then it almost turns off itself. It becomes more about what he said than him being a bad guy. Christian is just this despicable shit heel and bad guy. He is a horrible person. You just want to boo him, and you heard it in the crowd. Like, like there's two people getting that kind of heat from a promo. It's Christian, and then, you know, unfortunately, I won't even say from the promo, just from existence, Dominic Mysterio. These are the two people yes. getting that kind of heat right now, and I love it. And I, uh, I just thought I thought that was a master class last night in running down everything about the opponent everything about his manager he's like your dad's not even worth talking about it's like i've already done the i've already done the dead dad thing i'm gonna do something else and dude dude's a master he is a master i'm like that promo last night was perfect if people gave stars for promos that was a five-star promo 
It was really freaking good for sure. We then moved on to the no holds barred match between Jana AAS and uh, Anna JAS, sorry, and uh, Julia Hart. Um, Julia, first off, also there was an there was a like a like a seven or eight year old girl who was dressed up like Julia Hart looked amazing. Um, and these two, like Aunt Julia Hart comes out and Anna jumps her. Um, these two did a pretty solid job, I will say. They did a really strong job. Anna and the the use of the kendo stick was vicious. Um, there was a point where Anna J just takes a garbage can, puts it over Julia's head, and literally just fucking like back kicks it. Um, these two really fought hard, I will say. Um, Julia continues to get better, I will say. She's really working herself. Like considering um, how she was, how she was when she first came into AEW, and now like like joining the House of Black, the stuff that she's doing, like honest to God, dude, really, really freaking good. Um, there is a point where they piled a bunch of chairs uh, and um, slammed the like slammed them on it, and then the the finish went with uh, uh, superplex off the uh, top rope onto the chairs. Uh, Julie Hart then gets uh, her submission, the Heartless in. Anna J taps out, and Julie Hart gets the victory. Um, and yeah, I just I saw this as a moment where it's like you can really see Julia really start to come into her own, and Anna J too. Like she's honestly like solid, I will say, and she's got a great look to her as well. Um, and that, they work well together as well. And um, yeah, no, honestly, it was it was a pretty solid. Um, like obviously the Detroit crowd, like we're we're vicious motherfuckers who also love ECW growing up. We wanted tables. We didn't get tables, so some people were a little bummed out about that. Um, but regardless of the fact, honestly, I thought this was still pretty dang good. And I just see this as again another launching point for Julie Hart continuing to grow, and with it leading into what the House of Black would do after this too. Um, yeah, I thought this was a uh, pretty dang good. So. They did a very, they did a good hardcore match, but you can see they didn't try to do anything out of their comfort zone. You're right. They, and, like I said, they, it was they, a launching off point, I would say. But I said that made the match better, right? It was a clean match. Like, n- like no real big, obvious kind of flubs or mess ups or whatever you want to call them, uh, where it took you out of the match. Everything was crisp. Everything was concise. They told a good story. Um, you know, um, Anna J made a mistake. Julia Hart took advantage of it. She was just a little. She's her heart is black now that she was with the House of Black. She took away and she got to tap out. It was a very solid match. You could tell they're very comfortable working together. And I, this is going to do a lot to raise Julia's star. And just like in the men's division. I will say this, just like in the men's division where they're working on Sammy and working on Darby, uh, working on uh, Sammy, Darby, and Jungle Boy right now, they do need a few more stars to help fill out that women's division. Uh, They also, you know, need to make an opponent for Jade. So I think this goes a long way to giving two solid members of the women's roster right there. Yeah, honestly, I think it can continue to improve the roster. Like I said, this is a great launching off point, I think, for both women. Um, and I think, like I said, it was they clearly did what they were comfortable with and kind of left it at that. So they didn't like push themselves out of that. Um, and I think they did pretty solid, too, honestly. I, I so. mean, a lot of wrestlers can learn from what they did. They went out there and they knew did what they knew how to do. And yeah, that's I mean, again, 
you can go out there and do what you know how to do and look crisp and all that stuff. What you, you're not going to realize it, but people are going to be more impressed by you the more you go out there and do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, no question. We then, though, we then had the first ever AW World Trios Championship open house match. So going into the rules, because we did actually get something wrong, too. It is DQ enforced all the time. The dealer's choice is just whatever the hell they, they want another rule to be. So 20-second countouts. No rope breaks. Disqualifications are enforced. Dealer's choice. Uh, and to which their response, because they were like, we didn't know the best friends in Bandito were like, wait, we have to make a stipulation? We didn't know that. Uh, all That that witch out there scared me. So like that Julia Hart witch scared me. So no witches or demons or anything can show up in this match. And Orange Cassidy then gets asked by Renee. It's like, aren't you going to go out there and support them? It's like, no, I'm tired. And Renee's just like, same. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That that was, yeah. But Two-word so, promo got over everything that was going through on chest. Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. But so uh, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, Malachi Black, the House of Black, the AW World Trios champions with their brand new Black Trios championships as well, I will say, versus Bandito and the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, this match with like, they, they switched, they gave it a whole look, darked out the crowd, like slight little spotlight look in the ring. And then just the dark little like black and white fire sparks going off of the, uh, Titan Tron and, uh, the led led, uh, boards all across the, the little Caesars arena. Um, I took a picture of this too. I, I, I think you saw me tweet it out actually like this, this, the way this looks in person too is amazing. I think it is. It's not overly distracting like say when Sin Cara used to wrestle his original matches and they just changed the lighting to blue and yellow and it was just distracting and loud. Um it's very low key and it looks fucking cool. It's not distracting and it just adds a different element to it. It just gives them a different look, I feel like. And it these guys too just beat the living hell out of each other. Um, Bandito looked amazing in this match, I gotta say, too. And I love Best Friends, too. They continue to always pull through whenever they're called upon. Uh, Brody is a fucking beast. Like, every time I see Brody wrestle live, dude, he, like, literally, I could never stand next to that man. He scares me too much. Uh, Buddy and Malachi, like, these guys did such good shit in this match. Um, there is a point where, um... Bandito tries to go for a springboard and then he just gets kneed in the face by Buddy viciously. Um, at one point, uh, uh, Chuck tags in um, and he's about to get uh, Buddy. Uh, but then when uh, Brody Lee tags in, Dante's Inferno gets hit on Chuck Taylor. Chuck takes the pin um, and that is the win. The House of Black retains the trio's championships. But then we cut to the fucking uh, Titantron all of a sudden and Orange Cassidy's laid out. And Aussie Open member Kyle Fletcher is there who knocked him out and just, just says, Aussie, 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 to which the crowd responds, oi, oi, oi. Um, gotta say, majority of the people kind of flipped, like, were, like, not fully, like, remembered who he was, too. I was just like, oh, shit, I put Will Ospreay in the wash, and this is what I got. Uh, but, yeah, no, so it, it, it didn't go, like, crazy over and all that kind of stuff. And considering we saw this match on Rampage anyway... Um, 
he he won the crowd over. I will say for sure in that rampage match, and you'll yeah, see it on yeah, Saturday. I was, I was gonna say but, Kyle Fletcher and uh, Dunkzilla. They are uh, they are really really excellent professional wrestlers. They are no, like I said, but they're like I said, Detroit was like kind of like what the fuck, um, but. Still, I gotta say, these open house matches, dude, they've got me so excited just from the way that they look. They look fucking cool, and I think these are gonna really continue to shine. Just like Orange Cassidy's international championship title defenses, like, I just love the feel of these. It just, like, it's so interesting the way that they just turn it into something special, just with some simple change in lighting and uh, usage of the Titantron and, and uh, LEDs. Um, and do it it looks fucking sick honestly it looked cool on tv it gave it a different look it made the match seem important it made the uh everything seem important so yeah i was happy with that and okay. i love i love the finisher so mm-hmm. that's like that's like my favorite thing it's like he catches them then drops them on his head and then Kyle Fletcher is like dude I would love. I I I think I have before showing you a picture of Aussie Open when they first started wrestling. Kyle Fletcher might have been five eight, and he was skinny and he wrestled a high flying style. But they start wrestling so young in the UK. He had a growth spurt, and this dude is a giant <laughs> now, and he looks nothing like he did when he started wrestling, and it's so fucking crazy. Because, you know, I started watching him in um, Progress. And, yeah, and he's like, he looks completely different now. And it's 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 always, a it's like a trip. Because I haven't met Aussie Open. I've, I think I've only seen them live maybe twice. And I haven't met them personally. But when I get to, I, I that's all, that's the first thing I'm going to say. is like, dude, you look, I, I was like, oh, that kid's never going to make it. He's too small. And then next thing I know pandemic happens and you're like six four through 230 pounds and i'm like what the hell is going on so now he's taller than me and it's like dude it's 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 kind of crazy and i'm looking forward to the match with uh i'm looking forward to uh i forgot who he was wrestling uh action and ready i'm looking forward to that match on uh on uh rampage yeah i'm i'm high it was uh i will say i think people will enjoy it um then we move off the steel cage match, the main event, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Let me take a drink real quick before this. All right. We got Brian Danielson at commentary for this match as well. Um, and as Moxley made his uh, entrance, he was waiting for Kenny Omega in the steel cage. Kenny Omega makes his entrance with Don Callis, and then they just start going at it before the match even starts. And Yuta and Claudio all of a sudden show up, and they start going after Kenny Omega. But then the Young Bucks come out, and they even the odds as well. Uh, security then has to separate the BCC and the Elite. Uh, as also, too, the uh, Young Bucks were trying to get their hands on uh, uh, Danielson at ringside. I mean, at the commentary as well. But then eventually they got separated. They get in the ring. They face off. And then they go at it. Holy shit, this match. Like... This was fucking just absolutely vicious. There's a point where, like, you get the steel chair covered in barbed wire all of a sudden, and then that just goes right into the fucking head of John Moxley. Uh, they just rip up Moxley's back with it. Then Omega then try- gets hit by it all of a sudden. Um, Moxley gets 
Omega throws him into the cage. Then there's a point where uh, he superplexed onto that, and then also then Moxley proceeds to rip off the turnbuckle pads, uh, like the, just the, not even the pads, just the entire turnbuckle, and remove the top rope entirely, which took him some time. I will say he was struggling for a bit, uh, but eventually he takes the hook of the uh, top rope uh, and like hooks it around Kenny Omega's mouth, and it's just absolutely vicious. John Moxley grabs a bag. We assume it's thumbtacks. Nope, just straight up broken glass. Uh, and Kenny just proceeds to uh, take uh, John Moxley and throw his back into the broken glass. Absolutely fucking vicious. Uh, then the biggest moment of the night, too. V-trigger uh, into the cage, through the cage. Fucking nuts crazy like omega didn't even go fully out of the cage his leg got caught halfway and i was just like oh my god uh moxley then like that spot alone was just ridiculous yeah um i very much hoped kenny was okay after that move that way was scary as shit i will say um these dudes turned up the level of violence and oh my god they didn't do the crazy violence right the big yeah they really did it was a fight, and it was like trying to make each other bleed, all that stuff. But they really did build up to that going through the cage thing. Oh, that yeah. That was the big spot of the match. That is what everybody's going to remember. But it, it's just how the match built to that spot. And it showed and, how important it was. Oh, no question about it. And the other thing that people are going to remember. Oxley uh, gets his screwdriver. He's going to go after John, uh, Kenny Omega with it. And then that's when Don Callis then is like, no. He jumps in the ring and he takes that screwdriver and takes it away from John Moxley and gets out of the way. Then all of a sudden, V-trigger. And then Kenny Omega lifts him up for the one-winged angel and he hits it. Count one, two. And then Don fucking Callis takes the screwdriver, stabs Omega in the head with it. And Moxley... Then slowly, well, also too, we didn't see this when this happened because we were two just completely fucking stunned. But then they cut to uh, Brian Danielson, who just starts laughing, and he's just like completely shocked too, but he's just laughing, um, like meme-worthy already. And then Don Callis, after he does that, sees Moxley pin Omega, and then he gets the win, and then he takes the screwdriver, looks like he's going to hit Kenny Omega again, and then he's bloodied up and all that kind of stuff and then he just leaves the ring and then uh starts shouting at the crowd fans are fucking furious like dude i will say this firmly because i will say i've always known that don Callis was never the right person for kenny omega they, they built that up for plenty of time with him keeping hangman away from kenny distracting him being like oh hey here's a new japanese friend for you in in uh kanosuke Takeshita. And just obviously never having Kenny Omega's best interest in at heart. And Kenny never was seeming like, like Don was doing things the way that he wanted it to be done for Kenny Omega. But the turn, like just to turn on him like that and hit him with the screwdriver. Nobody, nobody in that building saw that coming. I like, I promise you, I didn't see it coming at all. It threw me off. I, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. Um, the unbelievable moment to close out Dynamite. Um, so, the match was crazy, but that fucking carny piece of shit 
comes in and ruins everything. So, as a Don Callis was my hero because you have to make decisions, right? He's a hanger on, right? He doesn't have athletic ability, so his his uh you know value is only with the dog that he's on. He's a tick. His value is only how healthy the dog is that he's hanging on, right? And are you going to hang on this uh, kind of older dog that doesn't seem to have the bite in him anymore? Or are you going to go get this new young dog that's eating every day in full? Yeah, Kenny Omega had ran out his use to Don Callis. And a decision had to be made. Uh, and a decision was made and effective, and it was definitive. He chose Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? He's he he did the thing. It's just like sometimes you got to put the old dog down. And uh, Don Callis, role model for all all you people out there without actual any physical talent, he should be your role model. Um, you 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 lock on to somebody. And when they, they seem like they can't give you any more what you want, Kenny Omega was like, I want to team with the Bucks, and I want to go to trios titles, and blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. That's not where the money is. The money's in world titles. So Don Callis is like, nah, I'm moving on. And most importantly, Kenny Omega didn't protect him. Kenny Omega let him get attacked by the Blackpool Combat Club. He didn't protect his family so the family didn't protect him i will say right now though if all of a sudden don Callis aligns himself with the bcc after they literally like made him gush blood don you're just stupid um okay so how about uh why is willow yuda with the bcc then well, I'm aware you bleed with somebody, but like this, yeah, not, I yeah. Don, but I don't see Don doing. Yeah, Willie Uta got the shit beat out of him for weeks, and then they're like, "Okay, you get to be in our match. crew." They, they jumped him. <laughs> yeah, they you get to, him. you get to be in our crew, and he jumped him, and he showed him that you know that fire that Kenny had lost. John Moxley still has that. The BCC still has that. He needs that dog. He needs that willing to do anything to win and one side has that one side has lost that so I, I i mean i understand don's decision you know i know a lot of fans aren't happy with it but he didn't really like the fans anyway they're all well, we've known that we've known yeah that. he didn't like the fans anyway so he didn't care if you like it good job don way to go i mean you know blame canada for every all you want to blame canada i was like there was this just like in me, and I, I, I said this funny line, and I know the people that listen to this show knows I am saying this in jest. And I said, man, Don really wants to work with uh, CM Punk. Yep. <laughs> so, Getting to jump on that early. Yeah, no, so he's like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to it, uh, what they're doing with it. I, you know, he, you know, Don's a heel. He's a heel. He's one of the best heels in wrestling as far as a manager, just period, getting heat. He doesn't work on the good side. He needs to be on the bad side because that's where his strength is. Yes. He wasn't. He looked. He was a duck out of water with the elite, and now he is home. 
I'm willing to I'm willing to hear all the shitty hill reasons he did what he had to do. I imagine I came up with a few tonight, but I'm looking forward to him doing it because he's going to do it in such more of an elegant way, and he's going to get booed out the building. I would not mind this happening in Austin, Texas at all, but uh, we'll see. But no, it yeah. was the perfect ending. Like, when you have great wrestling shows, really, and, and I think this was a philosophy of, like, WCW or whatever. You start out and you end hot. You had a great show. The middle, if that's good, too, that's great. This started off with Claudio versus Ray Phoenix in a banger match. It ended with one of the biggest turns in wrestling this year, right? That's mm-hmm. a great show. Yeah, no, this show was absolutely just a blast, I will say. Just a total blast. And like I said, Tony came out after, TK came out afterwards being like, you know, you guys have been amazing, blah de blah blah and then we chant pay-per-view at him, and he goes, "It's you're honestly not being too unreasonable. It's, it's honestly realistic. Um, so, dude, just make it happen. Like, you know listen, the only thing? Only- everyone who's upset about the Midwest running AEW, look, just be better than us, then yeah. talk shit. The only thing bad about that arena is that it's named after the worst pizza in the world. Look, bro, listen. <laughs> As a Michigander, like I feel like I'm almost required to at least like Little Caesars. I will firmly say it's not even my favorite pizza. That's just the Illich family, dude. I mean, like, look, Mike Illich is the reason why my Red Wings all of a sudden just became a dynasty. Yeah. Like, like he helped make that team like just as huge as it is. He tried doing with the Tigers uh, the same thing, and he kind of was driven mad until he died. Uh, but he got damn close, I will say. He got yeah. damn close. And we yeah. had some good players on that team, and and those t- that those Tigers teams in the mid two thousands and. Uh, yeah. Early 2010s were outstanding. I will tell you, in my they in my 20s, I rocked with Little Caesars hard. There was many a Monday on Raw that I would uh, go get a five dollar large pizza, pepperoni, single topping. Yes, get yourself a hot and ready. Give me a hot and ready. Go home, and that was like literally that was all the money I had. So I would eat that. Little Caesars was good to me in my life. Mm-hmm. I have now gotten to a point in my life where I have outgrown Little Caesars, <laughs> yeah. and I just like better pizza now. So, uh, but no, shout out to Little Caesars. That I like to take my shots at Little Caesars. Yeah. Hey but, man, look, it's know, all it's, it's all like, fine too because like right next to our like literally because in downtown Detroit, Little Caesars has their global headquarters. But right next to that too, if you don't want pizza, that's fine. We got mom's spaghetti right by too. You what? can get some you can get mom's spaghetti. Have you had it? I, I have not honestly had it. It's it's honestly it kind of weirds me out a little bit because they serve it in like like a to go cup almost. And yeah. me personally, it's just kind of odd for me to eat uh, spaghetti out of a to go cup. Well, I plan on getting it. If I come to Detroit, honestly. you have to take me. No, we will go eat, get mom's spaghetti. Absolutely, like yes. the ads for it are stupid and funny. I will say. And it's literally, dude. It's like there's a couple areas where you can sit for the most part, but other than that, you lit- it's literally just a walk-up drive-through window. That's all it is. You walk up, get your mom's spaghetti, and walk away. That's that's literally it, dude. dude that's all dude, it is, dude. As long as it's not that Cincinnati crap, I'm good. Nah, you should be good. Yeah, no, uh, I'm but, looking. No, it's um, no. This was just. I I really want to get back to how amazing of the show it is. It was. And, and, and I'll tell people, 
everybody's like, Dynamite should be like this every week. Let me tell you why it shouldn't be like this every week. Yeah. Because you appreciate it more when it's not like this every week. Think mm-hmm. about it. We've kind of had just a bunch of it's okay. It's been a bit of a low, yeah. Oh, my God. This is all-time Dynamite because you were waiting on it. Every show can't be this this week because you just, you know, there's not enough ideas and enough stories to make every show a banger. But, dude, a banger every month or so and then a bunch of good shows that's what i'm like like i always say this about uh dynamite and i've you you know you've heard this analogy before the floor of dynamite right their floor when the show is just kind of there it's pretty much higher than most people's average shows you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like the floor of another company show makes you literally want to go to sleep or do something else. Like even when the AEW is not at its best, when it's at that mid, you don't really want to turn the channel. It's just, you're not feeling Detroit pumped. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you're not going to feel Detroit pumped every week. You're not. And, but dude, that was, it was, the show was lit next week. Austin is another uh, all generally, it's another city that is always pumped up for AEW wrestling. New venue, the Moody Center, dude. So, man, we might get two back-to-back great shows. Yeah, no, I, it's gonna be, it's gonna and be. You kind of got to bring it if you're gonna yet. have that announcement. No, yeah, week. like I said, you, it's you gonna be exciting. You can't to have see how a, they follow yeah, it. You can't, you can't, you can't have that announcement and then have an average show. You know, it's like no. you, you, you gotta. Maybe there's going to be a bigger match announced. Hopefully. We'll see. But I love the matches that are announced for next week. We'll talk about those in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. But that was AEW Dynamite in Detroit. It was outstanding. A blast. Uh, For Rampage, which will be on a special start time and special day, it'll be on this Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, or 9 p.m. Central, in fact. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that was for Rampage. We have the acclaimed in Daddy Ass versus Kip Sabian in The Butcher and the Blade. Uh, Mogul Embassies, uh, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage faces the Dark Orders, uh, Al- uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Action Andretti goes one-on-one with Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open. Tony Storm faces Detroit local wrestler Allison Kay. And we will also be hearing from the Guns. They will be speaking, so... Um, I can't comment on all of it because I've seen it all. So I will leave it at that. I will just say about the matches, Allison K. I love Allison K. So uh, I loved her when she was Sienna and Impact. I've always thought she was going to sign with AEW. I don't know why it's never happened. I really like her. Looking forward to hearing from the guns. Did you see that live? Did they do that live? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Uh, Kyle Fletcher in action and ready. I think it'll be a really good match. Uh, the match that will make me sad is... Uh, in, uh, mogul embassy against Dark Order because I'm like everybody has their their people that aren't necessarily pushed right now, and people think they should be pushed or they think they should win more. For me, it will be Alex Reynolds and uh, John Silver forever. I just think they're such a talented and amazing tag team, and they're so entertaining that it's like, dude, let them win every now and then, okay? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like all they do is lose and it hurts my feeling. It hurts my soul every time because I love them so much. But uh, so I imagine how that match is going to end. No spoilers. Uh, and then the claimed and daddy ass versus Kip Saban, Butch and Blake. It looks like we've been getting a lot of the claim and the daddy ass. So they're kind uh-huh. of my 
prediction to be the trios team at at uh double or nothing yeah and it's no yeah. it's uh yeah so we're, we're gonna see what's going on sabian butcher and blade again butcher and blade wish they won more I know, like, I mean, like, on TV more or whatever. Right. Because uh, I think they're such an intimidating-looking tag team that, you know, it would work. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this Rampage. This is a loaded Rampage. I just want everybody to know uh, it's on Saturday this week. It's at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. I said 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Eastern. But I meant 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Make sure you tune into it. I will actually be working late on Saturday, so I will be watching it live. Looking forward to it. But yeah, Rampage is going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is what we have for Rampage. Next week's Dynamite, we got announced, of course, the Jericho versus Roderick Strong Falls Count Anywhere match. We're also going to get a trios match between the Outcasts versus Britt, Britt Baker, Jamie, ha- Jamie Hader, and Hikaru Shida. And then Ricky Starks will be going one-on-one with Jay White. So those are the matches that were announced for uh, AEW Dynamite in Austin. And we mentioned, too, they they announced a lot already just from Jump Street, too. Yeah, uh, they have. And, I, you know, I, I, if it, it's so, like, out of, out of character that I'm thinking it's a note that someone may have given them. Because mm-hmm. we got, you know, Jerry, you know, we got these matches and it's like you got like the main event has already been announced. You know, you got uh, the outcast. This They've been building to this six woman match for a while. These are Ricky Starks and Jay White. These are like two of the three of these matches have been stories they've been building out for over a month. And then Jericho and Roger Strong is leaning towards the Jericho and Adam Cole. So another story that's been building out for a month. And, you know, they're going to add, you know. Honestly, they generally go six or more matches on a dynamite. So you're going to at least get three more matches. So I, I just think that a uh, very solid lineup here. And um, I'm looking forward to in Austin. Uh, my friend Jason, who I mentioned on here as the casual of all casual friends. Uh-huh. I finally got him where he has time and I get to take him to a dynamite. And I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. It'll be his first show, yeah. It'll be first show, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and that's uh, everything in the preview area. We also have a couple last little things we want to mention in news before we wrap this whole thing up. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna say them real quick and move on. AEW All In stands at over sixty thousand tickets. We don't know if it's closer to 65 or closer to 70. We're just saying all I've heard is over 60,000 tickets for All In, which is amazing with no matches announced. You can only think that number is going to grow with the, as the matches and announces occur. Uh, reports are Will Ospreay, this came from a Wrestling Observer, Will Ospreay is booked for All In. We don't know what his match is going to be, but he's going to be at All In. I, of course, have said he should be in the main event at All In as the British person. I know he's not a part of the AEW roster, but he's been AEW equivalent enough for it not to be weird for him to main event All In. And All mm-hmm. In, the first time, was a smorgasbord show. People from every different, you know, company. I don't think they're going to do that now, but it, it would stick with that uh, whole vibe if he was the main event that show. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that honestly, uh, and it would honestly make all the sense in the world too if he was there. So I will say, um, yeah, let's uh, let's see Will Ospreay uh, 
go crazy in Wembley Stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, make sure we get Trent Seven on there. And just like every person that has ever been British in AEW vicinity <laughs> needs to be at that show. Okay. Let's make it happen. Let's make it. Now, I'm very excited for it just because it's just the UK. I mean, London, the UK deserves it. They deserve yeah. more shows. I, I, I'm going to say this. They, e- even if it meant I have to miss more shows, they deserve more shows. They are rowdy. They are loud. They buy the tickets. They deserve more big shows. So I'm hoping, I mean, with Clash of the Castle last year and now this year, this year, we this becomes a yearly, definitely a yearly thing for AEW. Hopefully a yearly. Well, I think Money in the Bank's in, in over there this year uh, for uh, that. So uh, it's all good. It's 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 great, and I just want the UK to get as much as they can because they they show up, and that's that's what you have to do. Buy yeah. tickets, buy tickets, show up to the event, be loud. They cross all the markers to be getting big shows every year. Yeah, literally. So, but that is going to do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. We really do appreciate you guys sticking with us and tune in every, every, for every episode. Uh, make sure you continue to download the fine show uh, that you are listening to on Google or Apple Podcasts, or if you listen to us on Spotify, um, you can follow us there so you don't miss an episode. Turn notifications on. Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really does mean the world to us. And you can also leave a rating and a review, which helps out the show a ton. Um, and on Twitter, we are at ATLEPod, at Social Suplex of the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Once again, I will repeat, uh, Detroit, my people, y'all. Like I, I stepped up with you too. This the three one three was represented for certain. Detroit is a wrestling town. It will always be a wrestling city. This like do not try to think that only Chicago represents the Midwest. Like don't don't even get it twisted. Detroit wrestling for the longest time has lit, lived up to so much that a lot of people may push to the side for Chicago. And I love Chicago. I do, but don't forget that Detroit does all that and they they live up to that as well um so tk give shut up tk give us that pay-per-view that's all we want give us that pay-per-view follow through bro like listen it took us this long to get AEW in detroit so long that brandy Rhodes, who said that they were gonna get AEW in detroit wasn't even part of the company anymore when they finally did come to detroit so what i'm saying is don't make me wait another few years. You make this happen. 2024, revolution. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. That's uh, all I'm asking. Well, so. you got you got White Castles in uh, Detroit, so you got my seal of approval. I'll tell TK I'm okay with it. You know, there you I, go. You See? know he runs again, it by will, me. You know? And again, like I said, <laughs> I, I take you out, get you some mom's spaghetti. We're all good in that regard. And then... You know, we're good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, TTA runs it by me before he picks the city. So I'm like, okay. That's how it goes. That's Thumbs how it goes. up to Absolutely. Detroit. You got you got my seal of approval. Uh, no. Uh, Hell yeah. No. Uh, but, but yeah, no, Floyd, take us home, bro. Th- I'm going to take us home by saying, dude, uh, great week for wrestling. Great time to be a wrestling fan. Just enjoy as much as you can. If you haven't been watching ROH and you don't got the membership, make sure you uh watching ROH. I just like... I, I just like I, I had a April was not 
at the beginning of April was not the best time for me. And it took me a while to get that fire back as a wrestling fan after what happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my fire's back. It didn't take long. It really didn't. I mean, in the big scheme of things, it didn't take a long time. But I'm back. I'm back to loving it. So I'm back to telling everybody, watch as much wrestling you can. Support your favorite wrestlers. Buy their merch. Wear their shirts. You know, do all the things that it takes to be a wrestling fan. And But most importantly... Whether you're at home, you're at school, or you're at work, always do your best to be elite.